When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On today's episode, we discuss the latest with Michigan defensive back Daxton Hill and break down Friday's Orange Bowl matchup between the Wolverines and Georgia Bulldogs. Aaron, how many days is, is this now with, with me and you in the same hotel room hanging out and doing a little preview of uh, the big matchup on Friday? I think we're at four or five. I don't know. I've lost track of the days. It's been a long week. Uh, it, I think typically between like Christmas and New Year's, you kind of lose track of the days anyway. Uh, but we've certainly lost track of the days now, especially it's odd with the game on a Friday and not like a typical Saturday. So the week's kind of been moved up a little bit. But uh, here we are. Uh, it's still sunny and very warm here in South Florida. So I'm, I'm not really complaining. I honestly think every day has been the same. Like just sunny, some clouds rolling throughout the day, but overall very nice but i think at this point we're we're ready for some football i mean it's it's time the game needs to be played let's let's see what happens on the field uh, i feel like we've exhausted every every angle at this point and, and we're ready for some football but the one big question mark that has been the case since rumors kind of surfaced about dax daxton hills status a, a couple of days ago Michigan's talented defensive back is, I mean, is he going to play and what and will he arrive in Florida before the, before the game and, and be able to play on, on Friday? Yeah, that's the big question at this point. You know, we'll, I guess we'll back up here and look at the context a little bit. As you mentioned, rumor, rumors started coming out Tuesday afternoon uh, that, that Dax just wasn't down here with the team, didn't travel down, um, you know, and it, it's tough because we weren't given access to practice this week. You know, typically during a normal bowl week, we're allowed into usually two to three practices for, for the first 15 to 20 minutes. And while that's not great for, you know, picking up on X's and O's or anything major, it does allow us to take attendance. We can look at, see who's there and who's not there and get a better idea of who, who made the trip. That wasn't the case this year. So we, we didn't, we don't know who, who didn't fly down. There could be others for all we know. We just, we just, we aren't aware. Um, but Daxon Hill has been a major storyline this week. You know, we talked to players Wednesday, uh, asked them about Dax. They all declined comment. Uh, which obviously signaled that something was up. You know, Michigan spokesman was, was asked Tuesday night about it. They didn't respond. So it came today, Thursday morning, our first interview with Jim Harbaugh. And gosh, two or three weeks, it's, it's been a long time. Uh, but we, we asked about Dax. He said that his status is questionable for Friday. He did say Dax is not here in Florida. This was as of Thursday morning, but he, he could be today. He said, I think we'll see, maybe, maybe not. So Jim's clearly leaving it up to the, uh, you know, going back to the whole competitive advantage thing. Uh, for some reason, the Orange Bowl did hold its annual uh, coaches luncheon uh, with donors and corporate sponsors and the like. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was invited, as was Kirby Smart, the Georgia head coach. Uh, both of them did show up uh, around very long, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, they both kind of entertained a few questions from the host, Chris Fowler of ESPN. You know, Jim was asked about his contract extension in the offseason and the uh, the massive pay cut he took. And he, he basically said it was no big deal. It's just money uh, and, and, and admirable response. You know, he was asked about 
all the uh, the bonus monies used to redirect it back to the Michigan Athletic Department to, to pay employees who you know had their pay cut. Uh, but he also said that and this is probably the surprise line of the day. He said, he said he'd do this job for free, uh, which which I, I get. You know, he is a Michigan alum. He played here. He loves Michigan. He came back here to to lead his alma mater. And that's great and all. But, you know, I, I thought it was really it was an odd statement to make. But I think it, it just goes to show that he really does enjoy this job. I, I think this year has uh, rejuvenated him in some ways. You know, I, I, we have seen a. A calmer, uh, you know, a, a calmer, more appreciative, a different, just a different Jim Harbaugh. And obviously winning, I think, does, does a lot for that. I mean, look, I don't know about you. I love my job, but I, I don't know if I would do it for free, though. So, I mean, good, good for Jim for, for saying those comments. So I don't know how, how accurate or true they are, but, yeah, it's still a nice gesture of, of what he did for, for, the, for the athletic department, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, not only that, but it doesn't help his, his leverage if and when he goes into negotiation for a new deal with Ward. I mean, what the athletic director, if Ward Manuel looks at that and says, uh, you're willing to do this for free, why should I give you a raise? No, that's not to say he won't. I mean, Jim's going to deserve a, a, probably a, a um, you know pay increase here shortly. Um, but it's just, yeah, odd statement to make. Very, very much so. And uh, a little, another little bit of news, and it's kind of a, a off the field um kind of a, a tragedy really i mean the, the death of john madden the, the nfl icon and, and there's some some ties to the hardballs and the michigan football program there yeah he died unexpectedly i think they said tuesday night age i believe it was 85 um you know it was it, it's tragic but yeah it's tragic because yes there's those connections with jim i mean just a couple of years ago john appeared on on jim and jim's podcast when he had it with his dad uh, there's a strong connection there with the Harbaugh family. They really respect Madden, John Madden, the contributions he he made to the game of football. Uh, you know, they were they, they've I know they've referenced John as a, as a football guy, and they really respect uh, the you know the legacy and career he had to the point that um, you know John's actual grandson Jesse, one of his grandsons, is on the Michigan football team. He's a walk-on quarterback. Um, he hasn't played, but he's been on the roster now for for about a year. Uh, so it not only does it you know hit home for Jim knowing that, you know, his relationship with the, with John Madden, but, you know, one of his players as well. Yes. Yeah, very tragic for sure. And all right, let's, let's, let's break the one final time. Let's talk about the matchup. Now we know what's, what's going on. It's, it's really a battle of, I mean, two, they're both teams are built pretty similarly. I mean, obviously uh, playing different conferences and, and have uh, some different weapons at, at different positions, but really when you look at these rosters, they're going to try and do, similar things on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a strength versus strength matchup and it's been written about before and it's not a surprise, I think, to anyone who, who has followed the, either one of these teams. I mean, Michigan likes to run the football. That's going to be their MO, at least they're out of the gate and Georgia's strength is their front seven. I mean, they've got a, they got a couple of NFL potential NFL draft picks there at the defensive line and at linebacker who are going to try and keep Michigan in check, limit the long runs and keep them out of the end zone. And I think the first side to blink first whether it's a turnover or a mistake or, or penalties, I, I think it's going to hurt. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to break to kind of handicap this one, because as you said, these are two schools from different conferences who haven't played each other in a long time. And, you know, in a way it's almost, you know, who, which conference do you think is, is the better one, the big 10 or SEC? Uh, and I think that goes a long way in determining maybe which team is better prepared or better equipped for this type of matchup. Um, but I'm not, and I think I've said this earlier in the week and last week, I'm not ready to write this Michigan football team off. I, I, we, I think several of us have doubted them all season long, whether it was the games at Nebraska or whatever it was, Michigan State or Penn State or even obviously Ohio State at the end of the year. But it almost seems like time after time, in big moment after big moment, they've come up 
you know, crucial. And they've and won some monstrous games and had some impressive performances. So it wouldn't shock me if, if they put another one together Friday night. Coming from the guy that picked Georgia to win by seven points. Yeah. Here's the thing with that. I've, I've kind of like, I can see this going either way. I can see Michigan winning by a touchdown. I can see Georgia winning by a touchdown. I think it's going to be close. I mean, the, the total, I think, is only 45 at this point. So they're, the odds makers are expecting a relatively low scoring game. Probably, you know, one that in the, ends up in the tw- or low 20s. Uh, and that sounds about right. You know, both of these teams are, are have strong, strong defenses. They like to run the football and shoot clocks. So I don't expect a ton of scoring. But, you know, as I said, it's going to come down to the intangibles. You know, who, who executes better, that's the team's going to win. Yeah, I mean, if, if whatever, if either team can, can force the other into third and long situations, I mean, that's how they beat opponents. I mean, look what uh, Alabama was able to do against Georgia. They got a lead on, on the Bulldogs, and then Stetson Bennett was, was forced to throw, and that's not how their offense is effective. And he was sacked, I think, three times, um, was faced a lot of pressure, and, and, and Georgia's receivers, tight ends, weren't able to get, to get open. And it was it was a long day for their offense. We know what Alabama's offense did to Georgia's defense that looked unbeatable for the first 12 games of the season. So um, if, if Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo can, can get to Bennett and, and wreak havoc in the backfield, I like Michigan's chances. But but again, this is the missions are all, Georgia's got some, some good blocking tight ends. Um, I don't expect Aiden Hutchinson to be one-on-one with a tackle very often. Um, and, and Brock Bowers is going to be a handful to, to cover for, for Michigan's linebackers and defensive backs. So I'm really intrigued. It's, it's really not – I don't think it's going to come down to better quarterback play, maybe more quarterbacks protecting the football, but I think it's, it's going to be maybe a Hassan Hastings big run that, or a Blake Corn big run or maybe a special teams play. So uh, I, I, have, I have Georgia winning as well, but by a little bit slimmer margin. It, and yeah, like you said, it, it could come down to a, a field goal late and could be pretty low scoring. Maybe not, but that's why they play the games. Yeah, Brock Bowers is an intriguing name and I think could be one of the biggest you know, X factors for, for Georgia. I mean, he's 6'4", 230. Uh, people have compared him to George Kittle. I mean, he's he's Georgia's like biggest passing weapon. And who does Michigan you know th- throw out there to match up with him? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they have a body in a maybe the size with the size and speed to keep up with him. And I think, you know, Dax Hill is, is a guy who could potentially play that role. We'll see if he's available, but George is going to, they're going to, they're going to attack Brock. Bauer. I mean, they're going to target Brock Bowers. He is going to be a huge weapon there and Michigan needs to have an answer for him. Otherwise, you know, it, it could be a long day for, for the Wolverines. You know, they've, they've shown that they do have, um, there are issues in the secondary at times, especially over the middle and the crossing routes and everything else. Um, but we'll see. I, I just, it, it, I'm having a real difficult time trying to predict this one. And it, like even the games I've gotten wrong this year, whether it was Ohio State or, or, or Nebraska, I'm sorry, or Wisconsin, you, you could you could always see a pathway, or you you could to me you couldn't see a pathway for victory. And here you can. I mean, Michigan has shown that they can they compete with the big boys. Um, they have gone up against teams equipped like this, built like this, against like an Iowa and a Wisconsin and everything else. So it's it's going to be a fascinating game. I I, I don't know. It, Michigan is. I think Michigan's positioned well here. I think there's a real opportunity, a real chance that they they uh, they beat Georgia in the national championship game. Which we keep talking about this week after and harping on it, but like it's it, the, the run's been remarkable, improbable. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's basically uh, basically Iowa, just more talented too. So 
um, yeah, it's, it should be a fun game to, to cover and uh, we'll have plenty of cover, coverage throughout the night on mlive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.